I have hit the record button, so everything that we say is now being documented for posterity. So, oh no! <laughs> welcome to the How Long to Beat podcast. It's nipple-tastic! There's a part of me that didn't think you were going to go through with that. <laughs> oh my god. I have no shame, Rick. <laughs> or you, soul, wanted, you wanted cringe, you got cringe. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, so this is now the fourth episode of the How Long to Beat podcast. Uh, we are going to be doing basically what we've always done. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about our recently beat currently playing. Uh, we're going to have an interview with your very own Ultimate Zombie Toast. And uh, then we're going to play some intermission music for you and end with some questions from the forums. Uh, I did not introduce you two because, I mean, we've been going at this for like two months now. But, you know, go ahead. Say your names. Yeah, if you knew, I'm Rick. I'm basically the shitlord of this podcast, if we're being frank. We're all shitlords, friend. Oh. I'm shitlord king. Oh, yeah, you are shitlord king. I'm Ultimate yeah. Zombie Toast. I'm the token hobgoblin. <laughs> You're also the token Bond villain. I mean, this doesn't translate well to a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she sat with a cat, stroking it, and you can almost, in your head, hear, I was expecting you, Mr. Bond. That was a completely different key. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and Quality then, production. Of course, I am Kerf Murph, and I am the token guy who doesn't know what he's doing. At any given time of any given day, it's pretty like it's pretty evident, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you guys have realized that by now. I am. You'll just... have also realized the claws come out straight away. I think what thirty seconds in. <laughs> no, it's fair. I'm going by the seat of my pants all day, every day. So let's uh, let's jump right in um, with our recently beat, currently playing. Uh, who wants to go first? It's been three and a half weeks since uh, we've updated, so we've got a lot to cover here. Well, I might have to think about this one, actually. So, all right, I'll I... jump in then. I'll, okay. I'll take one for the team. So I have still been playing University Deadline Simulator, which, if any of you do decide to play this game, don't take on too many side quests, because the main quest line is timed, and what you'll find is you don't leave yourself enough space to get things done and get a good grade. And because the loot is dependent on the grade you get, you really do want to give yourself enough time to nail that main quest line. So I've been struggling through with that. Every time uh, you describe this game, it just sounds like you're describing the experience of being in a university. Which is weird, because it is genuinely an actual game. <laughs> and I'm not just like, desperately I, I'm, trying I'm, to hold I'm, it together. I'm not entirely convinced that you're not just describing your graduate school experiences. Which is weird, because I'm not. Or am I? Um, in terms of actual, also real games, I beat Dust and Elysian Tale, which I hated the aesthetic, but I enjoyed almost everything else about it. So it's a bit more of a slow-paced Metroidvania type thing. The combat's quite good. Um, there's a lot of collectibles to explore. One thing it does that I really enjoyed versus some of the Castlevanias and other games in that genre is when you go into a new um, square on the map, if there's a secret to find, it flags that up for you. And then it also gives you an indicator when you found all the secrets in that area. 
So there's no sort of random flailing around the map looking for <laughs> the specific thing that you want to find. No crouching so, and like throwing a sword at a random pixel to hope that the wall breaks. No, no, which don't get me wrong. I love looking through guides to find where those pixels are, but uh, I do like that they give you that quality of life thing. But the, the aesthetic did pull it down for me a little bit. It was very cutesy, a bit furry-ish, and it's all, I don't know, it's a bit too sickly sweet for my tastes. Maybe. I don't like it either, honestly. Okay, I, I'm, I I'm not the only of, one then. Yeah, I look at a lot of art, and honestly, it kind of looks like third-rate deviant art shit. <laughs> if yeah. I'm being honest, which I, I don't like being, honestly. But it's not that good. Now, is that just... <laughs> you know, is that just the like character designs you're talking about? What about the, the environments characters. and stuff? No, I like the environments and stuff. It's just the character designs look like they they're like Sonic OCs or like <laughs> some kind of weird. Not it look it looks too derivative. I would mm-hmm. say, I guess. And it is entirely derivative. And you also have to be fair and say I think it was one or two people who made the entire game on their own. And you can sort of forgive it a little bit for dust specifically. I don't know if you're talking about other stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I've actually beaten since the last time we did the podcast. In terms of what I've been playing, uh, I jumped into Wario Land 2 this morning on the Game Boy Color. That holds up surprisingly well. That's such a good game. I it's, love the Wario yeah. series. Yeah. I'm about 10 minutes in, but I'm already in love. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the graphics, Game Boy Color games are in a sort of weird phase where the, the pixel art isn't great. But it also isn't modern enough to get away with where it's at, if that makes any sense at all. It just looks like poop. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's that's one way of saying it. But the gameplay all holds up, and obviously that's what you're playing it for. And then the last one I want to talk about now is a game called Mainlining, which the closest thing I could analogize it to in terms of what I've played is Her Story, which one of my favorite games oh, okay. I've loved playing that. Um so it's all like her story. Your game screen is a, a pretend computer screen. And you work in a government department called MI7, which is a, a play on the departments in the UK. And your job is essentially to troll the Internet, use pretend command inputs in the main line and do sort of social hacking and researching and working around to pin drug crimes on people. And it's really, really good fun. It plays with the aesthetic. Everything works. You feel like you're actually hacking, even though it's very rigidly within a game structure. And it's clear you've only got a set list of commands that will actually work. The pretend internet browser is a bit annoying because it only (laughs) gives you the specific websites they've coded in. But it's really good fun. I paid like £2.50 for it. And I'd say it's well worth a look at that price. Yeah, I was a I was a big fan of her story, so maybe I will have to check that out. Am I the only one who didn't like it? Her story. Yeah, I don't. It seems like the thing is, I don't know. I've played so many games like it before that when this one came out and it was like kind of mainstream, it hadn't done such a great job of uh, what other games in the past that aren't popular have done. So it just kind of seemed like. It's just like, yeah, this is new, new to you. But, I mean, I, I get it. It's cool. Whatever. No, I think Which that's a valid it. point. 
I mean, it's just it's new to those who have never experienced it, and it's one of those things where it's, and you know, and like maybe ten years, people are going to be like, that was actually a really shitty example of what you can do. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying I didn't enjoy it. Well, I mean, no, I I'm definitely fine. sorry. Go on. Well, I was just going to ask, like, what would you compare it to? Because, I mean, to me, I'm one of those people who it was like really new for. So I don't know if you have I mean, any examples I could check um, out. The feeling of it, like feeling, there's lots of detective visual novels like from the 90s that really kind of reminded me of like that whole like feeling it gave um actually there's going to be a remake of eve burst error coming up pretty soon you might want to check that one out it's not exactly the same like you're not going through video files and shit but it's like that whole pull together and figuring out like crime and stuff there's lots of detective visual novels that are super good do similar things and I think are better because you're like, you're not paying for like two hours of content. You're paying for like 80 hours of content. Mm-hmm. So that's I think way that's too many hours of content. That's because you're a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> from the guy who said you've played like 1000 hours in rocket league. Not 1000, but also only about 10 hours off. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, rocket League's a bit different one because it's a social activity as well. Cause I'm playing with friends. But also because I put podcasts on in the background, you know, I listen to things. I do other shit while I'm playing Rocket League. It's, I hesitate to say meditative, but it is that kind of thing. But going back to her story, I mean, I think the keyword search sort of was its main hook. Because granted, there are lots of other visual novels and other things that probably have better stories. I agree that once you get to the end of it, her story's story actually doesn't really fit together as well as you might hope it would. The, the database has been done before, too. Oh, has it? Right, okay, yes, sorry, I, I misunderstood you then. I'm just, uh, I'm, I know there are specific examples, but it's kind of hard to find one that pulls it all together. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. have been, in fact, visual novels that have done it before. There's been visual novels who have simulated phones before. There's been visual oh, I've played novels. a couple of those. Oh, no, those are terrible. I'm talking about... <laughs> right. Yeah, the the only things I was really able to compare it to when I played it were um, Emily is Away and uh, Digital A Love Story, and I didn't like either of those. Those suck dick. Yeah. Oh, I hated Digital. I hate... (laughs) Toast is getting us like a... a, uh, What is it? NC-17 rating. With all of these... uh... (laughs) Gonna get demonetized. (laughs) Those aren't great examples. We're going to get demonetized before we even get monetized. The further we go through, the more swear words, the angrier Kerf will get, because I'll have to put that child going, oh, over every swear word, <laughs> like all the cool YouTubers do. That sounded like a Donkey Kong sound effect. <laughs> oh, I haven't played Donkey Kong, so I wouldn't know. You are a... I'm going to say it. You are a bastard. <laughs> this is going to be... Make it more work for yourself, Kerf. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's one of the gaps. The closest I've played, I played King of Swing on the Advance, which is the one where oh. you... Oh. No. <laughs> no. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Educate yourself. Hey. Just, you, owe, you owe it to yourself to educate yourself, honestly. No pun if intended. Talking about no pun intended. Real... That is the bottom of the barrel of Donkey Kong games. Oh, no. 
with uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 being the best. Yeah, that is accurate. And that's not just because I'm biased. That's just because it is the best, honestly. Yeah, pretty much objectively. Well, actually, (laughs) there's a meme going around where people are saying that Donkey Kong Country 3 is objectively the best. No, I've heard it, and I don't agree, (laughs) and it's terrible, and you should feel bad. Did it make you go ape? Oh, God. I'm just going to, like, stop the podcast here. We're going to start all over. We're going to start fresh. Have you not played 64? Because that one has, like, the catchiest song ever. Is it the DK rap? Yes. Yes, it is. And it's in Melee, and I used to just spend hours and, like, set it to, like, 99 level of lives and just, like, sit there and listen to it. (laughs) When I When I was in high school, um, we had this thing called Coffee Shop. That was uh, at set times during the school year, uh, we could go down to the black box theater during our lunch period and people could just go up, sign up for a slot, and then they could just perform whatever they wanted to do. And for one of these, one of these coffee shops, I performed the DK rap to a bunch (laughs) of hormonal teenagers. (laughs) There has to be some footage that we can find. Uh, If there was, I would not hesitate to put it online. (laughs) I have oh, no I shame. I want to listen to that. You heard it here first. Next podcast's intermission music is going to be Kurth singing <laughs> the Donkey Kong rap. I'm making a note of it. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, I hope so. DK rap next episode. There we go. <laughs> it's in the docket. Oh, God. What have I done? <laughs> uh, is that all you've been playing? Or did you want to talk about mainlining more? Oh, not really. I mean, I can talk about Rocket League, but I don't know what more else I could say. Don't pull that face. (laughs) Get over. It's a great game for all the family. And some of the tournament plays going on at the minute, it makes me quite sad. Because you watch them pull off some ridiculous things, and I'm just never going to be able to do them. Like, what they've started doing now, I think I talked about Flip Resets on one of the podcasts before. What they've started doing is, when the ball's going through the air, they follow it with their car in the air roll their car upside down and then use their flip to hit the ball underneath it. And you just oh. can't defend it. It's disgusting. And I'm never going to be able to do it in real life. Don't give or up on your eSports game. dream, Rick. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> You'll be playing Rocket League at the next Olympics. Man, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Let alone me play it. I mean, it's an interesting question, though. One day, with Olympic interest dwindling, whether or not certain games will find their way there. It has been discussed. Um, Mm. I think the tricky thing is how do you pick what game gets played on a world Mm. stage like that? And I feel like the only satisfying way to do it is if they actually had an in-house Olympic video game development team to make... Oh, that could only end badly. Yeah, and... (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how likely it is. It would be cool, but we'll see. Smash for Olympics. Oh, I'd tune into that. That would be dope. But which version of Smash? Melee. <laughs> of course. Oh, we got our purist over here. Man. See, I would want Brawl just because I'd want to see an Olympic athlete who's been training for years get mad when his character slips up and loses <laughs> in the game. That's what I want to see from well, by my then, By then, hopefully the Switch Smash will be out. So, who knows? And hopefully it'll- 
Are you gonna buy that day one? Or are you just like gonna wait and see? I'll probably buy it day one. Because... I'm gonna wait and see. If they fuck it up, I'm. <laughs> I mean, it's got the the Squid Kids, and if it has like um, Marina, because Marina is Bay. If it has <laughs> Marina as like one of the summonable, I, then it will be a day one pur- purchase. Because Marina is like the best. Is all right. So out of all four of the hosts in Splatoon. Marina. Marine's still Marina's still top. Okay. okay well, I like because um, I I feel like Pearl a lot, which is why <laughs> I kind of like because she's like this nasty little hobgoblin. She's a gremlin. She's a little gremlin. She's so cute. But um, Marina is best, and then the other one, like Callie's pretty trash here, and then I can't remember the other ones. Marie. Marie. Marie is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Marie was my waifu for the longest time. You have good taste, sir. <laughs> All right, See, so... Just... Uh, I didn't ahead. know that Splatoon had hosts. I've just done a Google. Marina looks like someone's dumped the contents of a sewer on her head. <laughs> no, she's, she's an, an octopus. octopus. She's not a squid, she's an octopus. No, I get that, but it still looks dumb. Oh, no, you didn't. Are you kidding? Yeah, I went there. She is I went beautiful. There. She is beautiful and glorious, and she's everything you wish you could be but aren't. <laughs> You're right. I wish I was a strong, independent black octopus. <laughs> Don't we all? So, pardon? Don't we all? <laughs> Goddamn. Right, but yes, yeah, that's so, me. Yeah, let, let's... Uh, Move swiftly onwards. I'll go ahead, uh, since I have mine pulled up here. So, uh, for recently beat... The only thing I've got on that list is Kirby Star Allies, which I beat last week, I want to say. Um, is that the new one? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. Um, it's definitely, definitely, definitely designed for co-op play. And it's not nearly as much fun when you're playing it by yourself. But yeah. I was able to play it with a couple of different friends who just kind of tagged in and out of the campaign. And we had a blast with it. Uh for that period of time. Honestly, though, like, Kirby Planet Robobot is as god-tier as Kirby is ever going to get, and everything that can possibly follow it is just going to be disappointing in some level. And that was the 3DS one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that... what are... Go ahead. What are Kirby games like? I've never played one. It's just, it's never interested me, so I've never really had, or played Kirby, so is it, is it, like, fun? It's, yeah. It doesn't really look like it. Your mileage kind of will vary depending on which ones you play, because some of them are just high-octane thrills the entire way through. Like, that's uh, Robobot. That was incredible. Like, every level has something, a new idea, a new concept for it. The actual gameplay is fast-paced. The powers that you can get are awesome. Uh, But most Kirby games are actually a lot slower-paced. At least for, like, the majority of the game. Uh, The ones I've played, they definitely feel like Baby's first platformer. Yeah, and that's that's fair for most of them. You have, like, 15 jumps, because Kirby sort of inhales and makes himself a little balloon. And you basically can breeze through the game without ever being in danger of dying. I mean, I haven't played any of the newer ones. I played um, 
what was it called? I think it was called Squeak Squadron in the US, the <laughs> DS one. Um, I can't even remember what it was called over here, but I played the DS one. That was quite good, actually. And I played um, the first one on the Game Boy. Is it Adventures in Dreamland? Uh, the very first one? The very first one. The very first one was just called Kirby's Adventure, I think. It might be that one, the, the one where you fight the big tree. That's all of them. Uh, well, <laughs> that's every single Kirby game. <laughs> the one where you first fight the big tree. Um. So yeah, like the basic gameplay is just it's a two D platformer. Like Rick said, you kind of have an infinite jump. There are like bottomless pits that will kill you, but I've never fallen into them because you Amen. can literally fly. So, um. The really interesting thing about it, they're not very difficult games at all, which is a turn-off to a lot of people, but the actual mechanics of them are really pretty sophisticated. Like, for every power that you can inhale from another enemy, you have, like, an entire fighting game moveset for it, basically. Like, if you hold a button and press the action or whatever, you'll do a different attack or whatever. I think I've seen that, yeah. And it would make, honestly, it would. it's it's not like I ever doubted that that was a thing he could do, because, I mean, his powers in Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, if you imagine that character in a 2D platformer that's very, very easy, you're pretty much there. Yeah, and uh, Kirby and Smash Bros. are actually developed by the same guy, Sakurai. I, I did know that, yeah. So, I mean, just picture, I mean, like, picture the adventure mode from Melee. And a whole game of that, basically. Hmm. That's not good. That's not riveting enough gameplay to warrant buying a whole game for it. And for a lot of Kirby games, that could be considered the case. I I will I always stand by Robobot, though. That That is a remarkable game. And at full price, they're definitely more money than the value you get, or at least that's the impression I get. And that seemed to be, I don't know how you found this, curve, but I have definitely seen a couple of rumblings about Star Allies being way too short. I finished it 98% in eight hours total. So okay. if I, all I had to do was basically beat the boss rush mode like one more time to get 100%, and I just didn't feel like doing it. So I could have gotten 100% within like in within eight hours, eight and a half hours probably. Okay, so in, in how long to beat terms? What was your main time, main story only time? Main time four hours, maybe four or five, maybe. I right, know. and I suppose for a new forty to sixty, yeah, yeah. Compared to Robobot, where <laughs> I'm not going to shut up about this game. I love it. It's one of my ten out of tens. Uh, hmm. Robobot, I think I have 14 hours logged in, and there was a whole lot of content I didn't even touch in that one. Fair. What's Robobot's thing? Because I know each Kirby game tries to do something a little bit different. Yeah, so Robobot's gimmick, basically, is that certain levels will have a robot armor that you can get into, so you can basically drive a mecha as Kirby. Okay. Um, and... You can also absorb different powers while you're in the robot suit, so you can change the gameplay that way. Uh, so 
in addition to your normal move sets, you have an additional move set for the robot suit. And right. it is just sick as all get out. Hmm. <clears throat> Probably still isn't for me, but if it makes you happy, then I'm happy. If you like Metroidvanias, there is one Kirby Metroidvania game. I think there's only one. And it's, Which one's that one? It's Magic Mirror, or Amazing Mirror, or something. Oh, is that the GBA one? Yeah. I have it downloaded on my PSP Go. I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, that oh, is listen, a... I played that one. Yeah? I ate it. It's not good. <laughs> Go on, tell us more. Uh, who? Kirby or me? Either or. I'm assuming you've both played it. There's so much backtracking in it. And that's Ooh. true, but I mean, it is a Metroidvania. Most Kirby yeah, games I aren't know. like that. But it's not intuitive backtracking like Metroid. It's not like... It feels random and happenstance. I can see that, yeah. Okay. But Kirby is objectively the strongest character in the entire Nintendo universe, so... Uh, That's a bit of a diss on every single other character in the Nintendo um, universe. It's saying, not a diss, it's just a fact. Are you saying strongest character design-wise, or... Um, no, I mean physically the most powerful. Oh, okay, because design-wise, he's a little piece of shit, and you know Yeah, he's, he's just a little baby Majin Buu baby, but... Uh... Claws are out, members of the audience. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I really have to say about Kirby. Um, as far as my currently playing, um, I've, I have a lot of stuff that I've just been like pecking at since basically the podcast started. So like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, um, Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm still trying to beat Breath of the Wild, but recently I've also picked up. Uh, I started replaying the first Phoenix Wright game, and mm. that's been a lot of fun revisiting that. Um, I know how you feel, Toast. You don't have to say it. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to bring it up. I'm not going <laughs> to lessen your moment in the sun. So in addition Wait. to that, I've also, uh, I've been playing Fire Emblem Warriors a lot recently. And that's mostly just to, like, kill time after long days of work and school. And I just, like, play a podcast or something in the background and inevitably feel like I've wasted hours of my life when I only level up like two characters. Yeah. It's it's great. I am enjoying it. I'm not wasting my life. The other thing is Detective Pikachu. I thought that was an April Fool's thing. Is that an actual game and an actual movie? It is a real game and it is surreal. I was going to say, I feel like we have jumped the shark. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you guys remember, there was actually a whole campaign to get Danny Danny DeVito DeVito, to voice Detective Pikachu. Which would have been awesome. And yeah, like, when they announced that it wasn't Danny DeVito, I was like, okay, I mean, that makes sense. They want it to be, like, a a game on its own merits to be taken seriously or whatever. But now that I've played, like, the majority of the game, I can say for a fact that having... If Danny DeVito was in there, it would not feel out of place, and it would just make it all that much more surreal and dreamlike and nightmare-like at the same time. Just put it back half a second. So you just said that actually we shouldn't let the 
detective little electronic yellow bunny rabbit be voiced by Danny DeVito for seriousness and reality reasons? <laughs> well, like... Am I... <laughs> so when when I heard about the game, I wasn't sure, like, what they were going to go for with it, like, what their actual idea for it was. But once you actually get in... I thought it was just going to be, like, a goofy little thing, and at times it is, but they're actually trying to tell a serious story with it. And the fact that they're trying to tell a serious story with it makes it 500% more hilarious. Oh, is it like they're, they're playing it straight and it makes it funnier? Yeah, they're playing okay. it so straight. And the only way it could have possibly been better is if Danny DeVito was voice acting it and improvising every single line. I would have oh, straight God. up bought it if Danny DeVito's <laughs> name was on it. I would have like, all my money, take it. Just give me DeVito. Yeah. Like while you're uh, while you're investigating each case uh, one by one, um, you play like as a human character, and Pikachu's like your sidekick. But Boo. there's actually a button that is assigned that you can press it, and it'll give you a short, uh, context-sensitive cutscene with Pikachu. And sometimes they're just like repetitive things that are really generalized. He'll give you like detective tips or whatever. But then sometimes he'll actually, like, interact with other Pokemon who are in the, like, scene with him and stuff. And I just, I cannot emphasize how beautiful it would have been to just have the ramblings, the incoherent ramblings of Danny DeVito as he's shouting at, like, a Manectric or something who's trying to sniff his butt. This isn't a real thing. This can't possibly be a real thing. I would have loved for him to be like, I'm trash. I'm trash. <laughs> so there, is a, the there actual... is a cutscene where Pikachu falls into the trash, so it would have been appropriate. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so what's the actual gameplay like? Is it like a Phoenix Wright type thing? Or, or is it's... it more like L.A. Noir? Um, It feels kind of... I'd compare it almost to a Telltale game. Like, you kind, okay. of, you kind of get, like, a side-on view of most of the environments, and you just mm -hmm. walk around them, you talk to people, you gather clues, um, and then once you've pretty much done everything, then you open up your case file and you solve the case with all the clues that you've gathered. Um, okay. So it feels very much like that Telltale kind of blend between a point-and-click and just a walk-around adventure game. Yeah, so very narrative-focused, then. Yeah, definitely. Okay, which I suppose something like that you sort of have to. Yeah. And just going back quickly to Phoenix Wright, are you playing that on the DS, or are you playing one of the various re-releases? I got the uh, trilogy for 3DS. I okay. bought that about a month back, so I've been chugging through that. Hmm. Because it's one I need to get into. I do have them downloaded, but I would quite like to play them on the original hardware. So, I don't know. I love them. They are so much fun to me. Um, because it really... it 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 It's a Capcom game, so it feels like that Capcom arcade style, but applied to a visual novel. Which mm. is weird, but it really works. Yeah, I mean, my brother loved them, so I'm I'm going to jump into them eventually. 
cool but, beans. Yeah. But yeah, that's it for me. Okie dokie. I have finished no new games because I... Not very good at uh, getting on track and actually finishing a game. Um, <laughs> also, my friends are still on my Steam, so uh, now they're playing Grand Theft Auto. So before they were playing Dark Souls, and now they're on Grand Theft Auto, and it's just like, thank you. I never wanted my games back again to begin with. <laughs> you could say your library's being taken for a ride. <laughs> uh, but so I'm playing lots of, I guess, console games in portable games. So I picked up Majora's Mask for 3DS. So I haven't played it since I was small. And uh, I'm not very far in it. Uh, I started it like two days ago. And graphics are so much better. So I'm, I'm like playing on 3DS and it's a lot better. Um, still working on Dark Souls, still working on Fallout. Not really much else to say. How so, broken is Fallout? Because I know you've said in the past. <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance to play it again, so I don't know. Shucks. So, I remember you were a little beefy about Majora's Mask before, so with the minimal amount that you have played, what are you thinking about it? Hmm. I, I felt like an asshole because I said really mean things about it. Um, <laughs> I still feel those things in my soul a little bit. But um, one of my biggest beefs was... I don't know. I love Ocarina. And I can still hate the graphics and love the game. I didn't feel that when I played Majora's Mask. But... I think graphics were really holding me back because mm -hmm. uh, the original graphics made me super motion sick. Just polygons in general. If I can see it, don't don't I don't want it. Hmm. Um, but it's better. I think mechanics work better on the 3DS. Um, I don't like being timed when I'm in games, though. Like I, I get it. It's not really a time limit, but it's there, and it just makes me feel. It's not helpful. And I get the sense of urgency, but it doesn't, like... I don't, I don't know. I like it better, though. Mm -hmm. You can make your life a lot easier if you just break it down into more manageable chunks. Um, like, for most of the dungeons that you go to, like, you have to do, like, a pre-dungeon quest or whatever in order to get the mask or whatever you need. Um which ultimately tends to culminate in getting the song that you need to open up the temple. Once you have the song, you can normally reset the time limit and just go back to the beginning of the three days. So then you have those full three days just to attempt the dungeon. And if you break it up into manageable chunks, then you can get through things with a lot less urgency. You still feel it, but you're very rarely running right up against the time limit. And as long as you also have the song that slows down time by half, then you have all the time you need. I, I get that. It just it feels a lot more stressful when you're going through it and you actually have to figure out what you're doing because I, I get so like forgetful and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, gosh, what do I have to get done these days? 
it's it's like running around with your your like a chicken, its head cut off. It's like that, and it's just like constantly for however long I'm playing it, and I end up not getting anything done. I can see that. Mm, it. I haven't gotten around to playing it yet. It's another one of those where you're me and saying, "Oh my god, you're so uneducated. Where's your gaming history?" But with games where there's a time limit, I definitely do find myself feeling it's much more like a job. Like, you really have to manage your time and chunk things down and plan things ahead, which, if that's organic, I don't mind, but in that context, it does feel like a bit of a chore for me. I think story-wise is the only thing keeping it going. Because Majora's Mm. Mask has a strong story. It's the only thing that's like pulling it through yeah story and setting and characters i think story setting and characters it has the strongest of most zelda games not all but most uh wind waker and i would say twilight princess and probably breath of the wild all had equally strong settings if not slightly better i fucking hated twilight princess though oh my god don't you dare that wolf i mean No, it just killed it for me. I genuinely, I I plugged through the first wolf section. I enjoyed the Zelda bits. Second wolf section, I got partway through. It's just like, you know what, I can't be doing with this. If I wanted to be a wolf, I'd play Okami, which I did. I quite enjoyed Okami. You have genuinely terrible taste in (laughs) video games. Look, you don't have to agree with me. Like, Kerf has super great taste in everything. He's just like, yeah, this is good, this is good. And then you're like, here's this bad game. I like it. Well, we'll see. Next my thing. Just... Go on. My, my, my taste is that I just like most things. So it's not like I have great taste. It's just that I don't dislike most things very much. There are a few things that I, like, adamantly am against, but... I like most things, so it just kind of, like, adds up to people think, oh, you have good taste. Like, wait, what games do you adamantly hate? Games that I... Alright, let me pull up the list. My user... There's a list. Well, I mean, it's it's my completion list. Sorted I mean, by... if you hated it that much, why did you beat it? There's Ooh. only a few of those, I think, that I actually hated enough to see through to completion. But let's see. Um... I don't even know why I ranked that one a 1 out of 10. That I would not rank that one. I have Sonic Which one's the Hed- that one? It's Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, and that one's honestly like a 4 at at least. Not a 1. It's um, like an okay game hiding in a buggy terrible shell. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I also... I didn't like Mr. Mosquito. I know a lot of people love that one. Um, Mr. Mosquito? Yeah, it's a PlayStation 2 game. Uh, It's very Japanese. You play as a mosquito, and your goal in every level is to suck a certain amount of blood out of a different member of this Japanese family. Ooh, that sounds fun. It does sound fun, right? (laughs) And yet it Mm. sucks. It sucks bad. Um, I have an iOS game called Liltline that I did not like. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't played it. I've heard of it. It's an interesting mechanic, but I just... I think it's the iOS version is sucky. Um, Say that for most things. 
I gave Bubsy 3D a 1 out of 10, but honestly... Zero. It deserves zero. <laughs> it deserves less than one. Oh, Give dear. it negative stars. I just... I love how much of a meme it is, so I can't even fairly say that I hate it. Wow. Um, I know some somebody who Bubsy 3D, 3D was made on their birthday. No! And I torment them forever about it. Because oh. they're uh, almost as bad. Oh. <laughs> Well, bottom line is this. If you guys want to just record on your own and every podcast is going to be awful for the audience because you'll be like, oh, well, I think this. Oh, I agree with you. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> well, I mean, you're more than welcome to do that. But what's wrong with having saying? wholesomeness and agreement? Are you having it out? Am I having a what now? Are you having, like, having it out? Like, are you leaving? What? Is this your <laughs> resignation? Yeah. No. <laughs> Just saying, just laying out the fact. Like you guys don't say that you're having it out. So, like it means you're gonna leave. Like you're you don't want it anymore. No, that's not a thing. Huh? Not for us anyway. That's 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 a thing. No, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> so but... on this note, I think <laughs> unless you have anything else to add, toast, I think this is a good time to move into your <laughs> interview. That's probably a good idea. I don't have anything to add. All right. Then we have reached the most exciting time of the episode, where Rick and I are both going to ask you five questions each, and uh, you have to answer them, because that's how interviews work. <laughs> so do you want to go first, Kerf, or should I throw the first question into the ring? Uh, you go ahead. All right. So, Toast, how did you first... You can put that scared look away. <laughs> How did you first get into video games? Uh, I was... Uh, my my father, my biological father, he... Uh, the, the day I was born, he totaled our car. Um, and so to make it up, he showed up with a Super Nintendo. <laughs> the day you were born? So, yeah, the day I was born. Man, I take it you waited a while before you jumped onto that. No, no, she, like, right after she popped out, she was on that (laughs) Super Nintendo. No, I started playing when I was two. And then by the time I was three, I was, um, they would, like, take it apart, and then I would put it back together so that I could play it some more, because they just wanted to play nonstop. And I played Donkey Kong Country 2, and it was, I played it so much. And I still have my copy, and it, I love it. And sometimes when I need to, like, de-stress, I'll just play that game. Got that. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. So, like with Rick's interview, I took a look at your 10 out of 10 list from the website. Oh, those are, uh, rated really badly. I have, like, nothing on it. So, good luck. <laughs> so, I took three, and I'm going to ask you the same question you're going to have to kiss one, marry one, and kill one. And the ones I picked were Danganronpa 2, Night in the Woods, and Fire Emblem Awakening. Kiss, Ooh. marry, kill. Uh... Okay, Chiaki is in Danganronpa 2, so I will marry it. <laughs> Chiaki is life. Um... Kiss, Night in the Woods, and then kill Awakening. Wait, oh wait, Olivia's in Awakening. Oh, gosh. Ooh. Night in the Woods is the only one that doesn't have, like, perfect cinnamon rolls. 
uh, I guess Kill Night in the Labs. Dang. Well, it's also a representation of like bad feelings and bad thoughts, so we'll kill it. Okay. All right. Fair. So I feel like I used a very different criteria to rate mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I rate mine by waifus. So, so are you saying then that Chiaki is ultimate waifu, ultimate waifu. even over Olivia? Chihiro would probably be ultimate waifu. <laughs> or we know Chiaki slightly better. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. And then uh, Olivia's pretty darn good. But she doesn't just she doesn't have the characterization that uh, Chihiro or Chiaki have. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that's my question, Rico. I'm just reminding myself which one Chiaki was, and I now remember, so that's okay. The game girl. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. I I'm just terrible with putting the faces to the characters, names, characters, char- whatever. So next question: What is your favorite system and why? GameCube. Um. Ooh. It, when I think about GameCube, it's like the, it's quintessential childhood to me. And okay. I feel like it has the most games that I go back to and think this has aged really well. The The graphics on it just, Nintendo does that kind It even like that era of 3D work is just so good, especially with their like namesake games. They're all just so well done. And yep. I think I could play those forever. And it has like a large enough library that I could live a semi okay life just on GameCube. Fair. Plus, you'd have like much more space because the discs are tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So I think the next question is on you, Kurt. Okay. So my next question is. What is the best flavor of ice cream? Uh, as as a Michigander, I should say Superman ice cream, but Superman ice cream is pretty gross. What do you want now? What is Superman ice cream? Uh, what? It's like, it's um, oh fuck, it's hard to explain. It's like rainbow colored, and it tastes a little bit like bubble gum mixed with like kind of fruity <laughs> it's so good but it's not the <laughs> best it, uh, does it come in a box or is it one of those like po- popsicle type things no it's boxed ice cream oh, okay. you sell it here. and it's like a local specialty you can buy it you can even buy it in the grocery store it's superman ice cream um but i would say uh chocolate chip cookie dough oh yeah that's pretty talented strong uh Ryan, what is your favorite book to, to, to Kill a Mockingbird. Or right. Lord of the Flies, I think. Probably. It's cliche, oh, but I don't give a fuck. They're on very different ends of, like, the cynical, non-cynical spectrum. You know, there is... Not... not. I don't think so. When I read Lord of the Flies, I think of somebody who was starting to lose all hope, but wasn't... He wanted something to believe in, I think. Because when I read it, I think Simon was kind of his thought process. And, you know, Simon finds out that humans are the monsters. But instead of, you know, like giving up because there's nothing to be done, he wants to tell everybody to warn them. And, you know, I mean, he dies for his beliefs. So I don't think it's about hopelessness. I think it's about the opposite of hopelessness. 
and the fact that if one person is willing to change, I think that is pretty okay. That's mm. that's a fair interpretation. I'll buy it. To Kill a Mockingbird was a no, the other way around. Lord of the Flies is okay. I hated To Kill a Mockingbird. What? I just thought it was really poorly written. I don't think so. I think To Set a Watchman is poor written, poorly written, but I it captures like the innocence of childhood so mm-hmm. so well, and I I just admire it for that. I mean, I might be biased. We had to read it for school, so no, you are biased. <laughs> well, we're all biased. I mean, but in this specific instance, I have a bias because I did not enjoy analysing that book at all. Um, to be fair, when we had to read 1984 for school, I didn't like it either. But when I read it afterwards, I enjoyed it. And that's yeah. your favorite book. I think so that, I think that is a phenomenon that occurs pretty frequently with books that you're forced to read for school is you just kind of end up hating them. Yeah, just go reread it. You might like it. Maybe. But, I mean, just to slightly take this out of the context in which we're doing it, how do you address that, Kurt? Because obviously that ties in quite heavily to your actual life. Uh, What was the question? In terms of... Books that you have to read, how do you enjoy them? Because you have to do that quite often. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that... I think it's kind of just something that you grow out of eventually. At least I would hope that most people do. I think that because, I mean, like, in middle school and high school, you don't really have a choice at all. I mean, you sign up for the class and your professor, not professor in middle school and high school, your teacher uh, just straight up gives you this book that they give every year and they're expecting the same interpretation of it usually. Whereas when you get to college, uh, you can choose your classes. If you want to take a course on Shakespeare, you can take a course on Shakespeare. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, so knowing what you're getting into definitely makes things easier. Um, to take the course or not to take the course. That is, that the, is the question. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't not carry on. That was good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean... Ever since I got into university, I only took the courses I wanted to take um, that, you know, fit my requirements for my degree. And I've enjoyed almost everything that I've read in college. Even Shakespeare? I love Shakespeare. Oh Shakespeare's my God. great. Oh I my adore God, Shakespeare. No. What do you have against Shakespeare? I, I just, I, I don't. I don't care for him. I don't care for... <sighs> I, I just don't. I just, no. I'm sure he doesn't care for you either, if that's any <laughs> consolation. I wouldn't either. In fairness, in fairness, <laughs> like, some plays are... Some plays are of questionable quality, but... Which ones would you call those? Questionable qualities? Yes. The Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew, definitely. Um, Not one I've read. Honestly, I don't love. Pocahontas, I think, for the taming of the shrew is like pretty much Pocahontas. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't love taming of the shrew. I'm honestly not a huge fan of most of Romeo and Juliet. All of it. I think there are some good parts in it, but only portrayed romance. Honestly, (laughs) pretty trashed here. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um. What else? There's. 
there's one is it pericles that sounds right i know that pericles is one of them i just can't remember if that's one of the bad ones <laughs> it's um no which one is it uh troilus and cressida that, i think that's the one i was thinking of um that's i guess one of the deep cuts for most people but troilus and cressida is just not fun to read or watch at all but he mm. has some remarkable plays though i mean richard ii julius caesar's phenomenal julius caesar is great um and some of his comedies um, i enjoyed much ado i wasn't a big fan of a midsummer night's dream i thought that one was a bit too left field i mean there's fun to be had but yeah um that one's a little hit or miss yeah what else I feel like I'm. I'm sorry. I'm stealing your interview now, Toast. <laughs> I mean, you can have it all, honestly. <laughs> God damn. Um, all right, next one's on you, Kurt. Uh, okay. Uh, what video game do you think has the best soundtrack? Ooh, I like that question. Ooh, fuckity. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> um. Chrono Trigger. Okay. Maybe? Ugh, crap, there's lots of... Oh, no, Wind Waker. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oh, someone on the forum a couple of weeks ago in the What Are You Listening To thing posted that cut that the guy had done where he played all the instruments as a song from Wind Waker. That yeah. genuinely moved me. And then somebody later on, because we were talking about games that make you cry, and I was like, that one. And then somebody was like, oh, hell yes, let's make you cry more. And they posted like a video, and I was like, oh. <laughs> God damn. But yeah. We should do like an actual soundtrack episode, like a special cut at some point. Because yeah, there's be so much. <clears throat> so much. If we don't have frogs theme in it, I will I will do <laughs> I feel like we could do an episode just on that soundtrack. Well, Let alone it's from Chrono Trigger, not Windbreaker. No, I know, I know. Oh, okay. What we should do is you know how they have those like podcasts where they just like it's basically like a radio show. They'll just like play a song and then they'll talk a little bit after it and then they'll just play another song. Yeah. We could, we could just straight up have an episode where we just play like 15 of our favorite tracks and then just talk a little bit about them. We could do it like Green Day's Uno Stoss Trey. We could do like one each and then like curate oh, yeah. time. That'd be a shout. Man, it's too bad you asked me about video game soundtracks though because there's some really great like just soundtracks in general. Ugh. Well, go hey, ahead. Sure. It's your interview. Oh, ah, uh, Paprika. If you've never seen Paprika, listen to the, the music for it. I love Susumu or Hirasawa. Oh, Paprika. Well, that answers my question of, is that a film or an anime? Anime. <laughs> well, well not that... <laughs> I was saying you answered that by saying the name, but I didn't have to ask the question. Oh, he is the best composer in the world. <sighs> Gives me tingles everywhere. I've added it to the list of recommendations. Oh, yeah, totally. If you haven't seen that movie, it's the best movie ever. I think Rick just hurt himself. <laughs> He's with a scratch. Oh, did you hit your funny bone? Just a little bit. Oh, no. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Go on, you were talking about soundtracks. Uh, 
no, I was I was just wanted to talk about paprika, and if you haven't okay. listened to that, well, while Peter while Salad, Rick is it. recovering, I'll add an additional question here. Um, so, what kind of music do you generally like? So, outside of movies and video games, oh, what kind crap. of stuff do you listen to? I, um, I don't necessarily think about like the characterization of the music that I'm listening to. I'm sure that there's something that they have in common, but it doesn't feel like it when I'm listening to it. I think that it's probably the has like how like how much it makes me feel, I think. Okay. But it does tend to be usually heavily electronic, I guess, would be my favorite, I think. I'm not sure. You wanna name drop some bands here? Hmm. That's a solid maybe. Hmm. I don't know about all that. See, I really like Klasikwa, um, and then Hirasawa, and... Oh, fuck. It's art. Shoot, it's hard to think of names when I... Um... We need a swear jar. <laughs> I need to download a soundboard so I can just throw these out without trying to do them myself. Hang on. Name some more bands while I'm making that happen. I... I'm gonna have to get on, like, a Spotify or something. Oh, actually, do I really have a new soundboard? I think I'm not. Do I? Yes, I do. Let me, hang on. Let's go through them. Let's see if we've got the one that I'm looking for. Um. I, I oh. do, like, there's some staples that are really, like, good, like, just... Sorry. <laughs> um, My family was on sound. I turned it off to listen to this thing, and... Yeah, sorry, cool. I think I'm good with the name, the name dropping. Oh, that's cool. I, it's hard to think of things when... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Hang on. Um, it's... I think it's your question, Rick. <laughs> uh, it is. My question is, where is this thing that I'm looking for? Um... I don't think she can answer that one. I'm not a mind reader, so... Mm. I will sort that out for next time. Let's do <laughs> that for now. What was the last film you watched? Um, it was Ready Player One. See, um, I want to see this, but I get the impression that you didn't have a great time of it. I asked around. Um, most of the people who liked it, it was really divisive of whether or not that they cared for it or not. Um, out of the five people I went with, Three of them absolutely loved it. Um, the film or the book, sorry? The film. The film itself, okay. Um, and then I am really good friends with the other person who was just like, I'm not sure if I like it, so I don't know if my opinion influenced them. Because they might right. be fucking up. Um, but I thought, I don't know, it was... <sighs> lots of stereotypes... Lots of racial profiling, lots of not strong characters, not fully fleshed out characters, subplots that don't make any sense, um, like references not lovingly handled. Um, everything was just a little bit too on the nose, especially like the final like plot twist was just, and like the main fucking or shoot, you know, <laughs> she was just so bare bones, and like. Almost all of the characters were really bare bones, and like the human parts were just not that well done. Um, everything was lovingly animated, though. Like the animation was, or the CGI was so good. 
Mm-hmm. Which it was always going to be. But I mean, it's... Yeah, if you're going to go watch it, watch it for CGI porn and nothing else. <laughs> don't expect anything. It's a difficult one because I don't know. Have either of you read the book? Yes. Yeah. No. You have to. You owe it to yourself to read the book. Like it is up there. It's a phenomenal read. Um, really, really it's good. Not the same as the book at all, but that's okay. It's yeah, not... but that's always going to be the case. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm just saying that people need to stop comparing them because it's not like. Mm. It's not a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the amount of fleshing that's done in the book in various different ways, I can understand how that just wouldn't translate to a single one and done film. It just wouldn't. Um, and actually, that leads me to the racial stereotypes because they were also prevalent in the book. So it's not like he changed them. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one are you talking about specifically? Because I that I might have completely the missed those. In the book, they're at least a little bit better done because. Um, the two Asian kids who theme their, their, and also the black lesbian who is so ashamed of herself because she's fat and ugly. Mm. I don't know. It might be bad that I don't, oh, Christ, I do actually, yeah, I do remember. See, I thought that was quite well handled. In the book. Ah, okay. (laughs) I'm with you. Yes. Uh. It comes out of left field. Um, and they never actually explicitly say that she's a lesbian because telling viewers that would be, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> hmm. It's handled very well in the book though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I just... found it. I found it. I found it. Okay. Let's, think... let's stop our conversation to hear this stupid thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you, Rick. You're very welcome. I, do I remember what I was going to say? I don't know I if so. I do. Oh, yeah. So, like, I I know people who have read the book, seen the movie. I've known people who, like, have only seen the movie or only read the book or whatever. Um, I had a friend tell me who read the book and saw the movie that he actually preferred the movie because he felt as though the book devolved too much into just spewing dropping yeah yeah, spewing off the pop culture references and the movie does that too i mean i haven't seen it but just from the trailers it's pretty obvious but i think i think there's a difference there because in a movie like you're always following the same trajectory and everything else is just kind of on the sidelines for you to get it or not get it whereas if you're reading a book then if you don't have the cultural context for it then it can really slow you down and make it harder to read um, and it, a lot of it in the book feels a little shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Or, like it, but in the movie, it was sometimes worse because really? they would have to, they would explain to you what the reference was. Oh, yeah, which they'd was, have to, especially for kids. Yeah, who don't know the eighty. It led to some <laughs> awkward moments, like they were explaining Chucky, and I was just like, <laughs> no. And then they were explaining Stephen King's The Shining, just like this scene feels awkward. When you do things like that, it makes me sad. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even just beyond, like, the criticism of it being pandering or whatever, it also just roots it too much in a single moment. And it really makes you wonder, like, how well these sorts of things are going to hold up in, like, 20, 30 years. And I know... Um, even... Oh, sorry. Well, even when I was watching the movie, the soundtrack felt off. Even though it was supposed to be 80s-themed, it mm-hmm. didn't 
feel like it. It felt wrong. Okay. And it talked down to its audience. Oh. Is the soundtrack like new compositions or is it stuff that they pulled from the 80s? Just straight from the 80s. There's actually a really awkwardly cringy th- like part where they're like, we're not going to take it. And everybody's fighting. And I'm just like, this is, oh, oh my God, <laughs> this is pretty cringy. Yeah. God, I no. think you, you're better I mean, off waiting. Yeah, I don't know. I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely read the book, though. The book All is right. really good. Um, but yeah, that was my question. I think that's you now. Sure. Uh, let's see. Um, what superpower would you most like to have? Oh, I would like to... Uh, you know the power where you can like split yourself up, but you all share the same like experiences? Like Dr. Manhattan? No, I get I get the reference and I understand that, but I I don't want anything to do with like it's more like. <laughs> but I mean that kind of thing. Yes, that kind of thing. Right. Okay. I didn't mean anything that to be like radioactive and like weird and like twenty feet tall. With a big blue, blue penis. I could that. Just go to Mars and build a, a giant like crystalline it's structure, just because. More like in Bokuno, there's like a villain who can split himself. Who can like, cl- it's because you're not cultured. Um, weeby, I'm not weeby. It's a very good series. Yeah, it, it, it is. To, okay. And Morio and All Might are just like the the purest cinnamon rolls, and you owe it to yourself. <laughs> okay, send me a link. I'll maybe get around to it. It's on Crunchyroll. Yeah, the, the the newest episode came out today. Um, but to split yourself and, like, share the experiences so that I could, like... Take over the world? Well, to the world and just take it all back so I never have to leave my room. Okay. (laughs) I mean, part of you would have to leave your room. Well, yeah, but it wouldn't wouldn't be like my main self does. What if that part of you gets your main self? How is that defined? I'm going to put, like, a dot in my head. It's the one that has the birthmark. This one is me. See, that reminds me of a Goosebumps book I read, where the guy, he his clones were, like, trying to take his life. and That's, that's what happens in Bokono as well. They've been marking the clones, and then one of the clones grabs him and marks him, and he's like, no, I'm the real one, but you've got the mark. I know, but they did it. <laughs> but, yeah. Again, I feel like I'm derailing your interview. But Isn't it yes. about over anyway? Pardon? Isn't I think we have about... two more questions. Two more. Yeah. So the last of mine is if you had one choice for a game everyone should play, what would it be and why? I would just have everybody play Wind Waker or Night in the Woods. I don't know. Probably Wind Waker. Pick one. Definitely Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Okay. And why? Because it's the best game that ever existed. (laughs) What was that? Did you just say wrong at me? Oh my god. <laughs> Hang on, is there a China! Oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> get I'm that sorry. right on out of here. I couldn't not. With your shit, get the GTFO. <laughs> Wind Waker is the best game that ever existed, and don't you dare do wrong. <laughs> Hang on. Don't, don't, Rick, don't, don't you dare. The adverts have saved you. The adverts have saved you. Yeah. The one-time advertising has been 
a boon. Well, I think it just has so much to offer everybody, and it... Oh my gosh. Okay, well, it, um... Just I'm gonna put phenomenal. That down the settings phenomenal. The graphics are so beautiful, and it just it kind of it's such a strong game because it's not about somebody who wanted to go save the world. It's somebody who just wanted to save their sister, and it's relatable because I mean anybody would do that. So hmm. it just it feels so impactful because it's not this big hero; it's this little kid. Yeah, and it just it makes you feel it in the like in the childhood. And like, he doesn't—he doesn't even have any relation to no. the Link of Legend, right? It could have—it could have been anybody. That's the whole point. Is it? It could have been you. It could have been me. And it, it's just a str- such a strong game, and it, you just—and he realizes, like, after all this, he's never going to be the same person. He can't just go back to island life and be—and I think it's just the loss of innocence is so so strong. Okay. Hmm. Now you have to go play it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, on my list. Yeah, that that should be at the top of your list, bud. You might want to bump well, it. Well, it will have to be at least below getting a GameCube and or Wii U along with the game. I would play it on... I actually could probably send you a copy. I have six. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs six copies of any game? How have you made that happen? <laughs> okay, well, um... I haven't actually bought any of them for myself. It's just, um, I don't know. Like, people <laughs> got it for me, and it ended up, like... So I had two GameCube copies, and then I got a third for some reason, and then I had the Zelda Wii U, and then somebody didn't think I had the game, so they bought me a physical <laughs> copy because they didn't see it in my library, and then I just ended up getting another one. <laughs> That's overkill. I, well, the thing is, it shows the developers that this is good. You should do more of this. I can't fault that logic. <laughs> I can fault the amount of money, but I can't fault I mean, spend a single cent on it. <laughs> That's true. Again, I can't fault the logic. So then, you're not actually contributing to the developers yourself. It's other people contributing on your behalf. Master Manipulator Ultimate Zombie Toast. (laughs) Dear me. Alright, so my question is actually based off of Rick's question. So you have now, uh, you have now forced everyone in the world to play Wind Waker. Um, but what I'm gonna ask is for you to pick one game that you would recommend to a specific person, and that specific person is the Pope. What game, what game are you going to give to the Pope? Oh, gosh. Um, sorry, dude. I'm not, like, I don't know. If it's not Manhunt 2, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I think Pope Francis is a pretty cool dude, honestly. But I don't know. So what game are you going to give him? Hmm. I probably would give him... N- not a religious game, but more social issuey. I think he could use with Night in the Woods, just okay. because it's another go-to recommendation game. Because it has, you know, some LGBT issues. It has like mental health issues. 
it's just a good game for everybody who's not understanding to just go out and play it and start understanding people. I dig that answer. Not that he's not understanding. I think he's pretty cool. <laughs> I want to flip that back on you, Kurt. What would you give the Pope to play? Hey, this ain't my interview, friendo. It is now. It is now. I, I want to hear it, too. I want to hear for both of you, honestly. You've been outvoted, Supreme Leader. <laughs> it's my interview, and you already tried to take it over, so shouldn't you do what I say? I haven't tried to take it over nearly as much as Rick has. Hey, don't be besmirching my good character and name. Okay, one game that I would give to the Pope. See, like, I don't know if I want to give him, like, a legitimately good game or if I just want to be a turd about it. Um, do you have any ideas, Rick? See, I'd just try and pick the most messed up game as possible just to see <laughs> how he'd react. I genuinely actually might give him Manhunt too. Oh, God. You know, Kerf, you want to do good for this world, and I think you should think long and hard about what's actually going to do good. Mm-hmm. Because I know you're a good person. You're not like that. <laughs> hey. Hey. You won't disappoint me. I mean, I mean the real Ooh. shocking and horrifying thing about giving the Pope Manhunt 2 isn't the content. It's the uh, outdated graphics yeah, and PlayStation 2 graphics. Game. Should we give him Superman 64 instead then? Just oh. to get pulled away. Oh no. And he's got to complete it. He's got to play it to completion. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's my pick. I'm going to make him play Superman 64. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Put the middle finger away, Toast. What would Pope Francis think if he saw you doing that? <laughs> Who's the monster here, really? Oh, man, this is such a tough question. I know. You gave it to me. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of my own answer when I gave it to you. Um, Can we come back to this? Or maybe. Are there any games like where religion's gone wrong? Like Resident Evil 7, blah, blah. Resident Evil 7 or Rule of Rose or... Something like that, just to to scare the devil into. <laughs> what if I what if I gave him Dante's Inferno? How about that? Ooh, okay. Uh, or Devil May Cry. Devil May. Or Cry. Bayonetta. Well, I was thinking Dante's Inferno because I mean it's literally rooted in Christianity. <laughs> but uh, mm. yeah, maybe we just need to like come up with a list. And then we'll just, like, send him a care package. <laughs> and it'll, it'll be the most diverse care package in the world. It, it'll include Manhunt 2, Dante's Inferno, Night in the Woods, Bayonetta. He can live stream it for charity, so everyone will yeah. win. I can you imagine the Pope on Twitch? <laughs> I'm just oh, wondering what his Twitch handle would be. <laughs> It'd just be, like, the Pope. Double. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to film in portrait so that you got the hat and all the regalia in. <laughs> I'm just like imagining, like you know, those streamers that like they'll sit in front of a green screen so that uh, they can like just transpose themselves on top of the footage of the game. Yeah. So they're just in the corner hanging out. I'm picturing him. <laughs> like that. Can we get the Pope to play Fortnite? <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Oh, no, guys. Since this is the Danganronpa Appreciation Podcast, I think yes. I think we really need to get the Pope to play Danganronpa. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like you'd have to ease them into the weeb, bearing in mind <laughs> All right, the so, Pope's not... So what, what will be the Pope's weeb education? Um, we have to start small. Is, you have to attack on Titan, of course. Okay. Because that's the weebiest you can get. <laughs> Wait, no, Sword Art Online is weebier. Alright, so we're, we're gonna just submerge him in Sword Art Online? Look, if you want actual car- culture, you could do Cowboy Bebop. Okay. That actually might be a good entry. Yeah, it's a good entry one. Either that or, like, Fully Cooly, because you won't know what he's watching. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're starting with Fully Cooly. Fully Cooly. <laughs> get- it's getting a remake, too. Is it really? It's getting more episodes, yeah. I'm ah! so excited. What's Fooly Cooly? Oh, it is like the best. Oh, it's um it's heavy symbolism and a hodgepodge of imagery and mind effery and people don't think it has a message and it totally does. And it it's does. about growing up and it is so powerful and so awe inspiring and so moving. It's just so good. Hmm. Yeah, it's because anime is like I'm massively out of touch with anime. The last thing I watched was Kill the Kill, and that was just... I don't know. Um, I felt like that was fan service searching for a reason to exist. Yeah, um, Fully Coolie's like um, a better Kill a Kill. It has all the animation awesomeness, but it has the message to go along with. Right, okay. Also... It's it's the same um, company that did... It's Trigger, which is is like... Out in your face. <laughs> Heads up if you're gonna try to watch it though. Uh, it's it's spelled F L C L. Yeah. So, but it's pronounced fully coolly. It's anime, it's, Rick. And it's got the why Japan why mecha titties. <laughs> mecha titties. Mecha titties. Oh, I'm sold. <laughs> it's pretty um well because it's about growing up and being like a a like a boy. At that age, so it's pretty sexual. Yeah. Right, hence robot tits. Well, it's like, imagine, it's like, ah, not quite real. It's, I don't, can't, I can't explain it in words very well. <laughs> it's very impressionistic, is what I would say. Yes, yeah. Okay, and I can dig that. I, I go on. So, we have the Pope, he's watching Fully Cooly. Uh, <laughs> what's the next Chugging step? back a Mountain Dew, eating a bag of Doritos. <laughs> what's the next step after Fully Cooly? Um, he could read some Berserk. Okay. That, that's, that's fine, go to manga. At what point do we expose the Pope to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure? Um, Berserk is probably a little bit more, like, seen in the first page. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about sheer obscenity, I'm just talking, oh, like... Okay. Trashery. Oh my god, the Pope's playing Dangan Romper, and in my head he's saying, Is that a JoJo reference? <laughs> you can't tell me it's not hilarious to think about the Pope screaming, Nani! in a Twitch stream. Nani! Oh no, as he gets shot in the final five in PUBG. <laughs> the Pope oh referring to no, God as go, Oni chan! Um, oh my what? Oh my, oh my, 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 my
<laughs> All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> I feel like that really is the point at which we have to say <laughs> a little bit too far. <laughs> We've, we've spent, essentially spent the past 15 minutes shipping the Pope into anime. <laughs> what if the Pope already watches anime? The Pope might be more anime literate than all of us combined. Anyway. Uh, more literate than me. That's not very difficult. Anyway. anyway uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and move on to these questions um, because I wanted to keep this episode shorter and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Yes. <laughs> but before we do that, here's a medley of songs from The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker called Hoy Small Fry by Hyperduck Soundworks, courtesy of ocremix.org.
So I'm going to start with my question. Um, oh, before you do, new ah. section. This is a little. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you made curse self destruct. <laughs> Lit the fuse. I meant to mention this before. We're starting a new segment. I've made an executive decision. It's only a little segment. It won't take into the time much, but it is Rick recommends. So no. we've had Deadpool. We've had everything else that I've recommended. I've, there's been plenty of things, but this time we're taking a slight left turn. We're going for music. And <laughs> on Friday, as we're recording, the Wonder Years released their new album, Sister Cities. I posted a little bit about it in the music forum. It is phenomenal. Really, really good. Not their best work, but not far off. So it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. I'm not telling you to buy anything this time, but give it a listen. Give it a try. Thank you for the recommendation, Rick. And you can definitely have this segment every episode, I say, as I plan to delete every segment of Rick Recommends in the future. If you cut this out, I'll cut you out. (laughs) You don't need that kind of toxicity in your life. (laughs) Just give me this one thing. (laughs) All right, so my question comes from Video Games Lab. Oh, wait, one more thing. Ah! I'm joking. Go on. on. I didn't know I was waiting all my to hear that until I just did. (laughs) Oh, dear me. I'm sorry, Kirk. You carry on. It says, with so many games out there to be played... Do you end up replaying any previously completed slash finished games, or is it one and done and then move on to the next game? Honestly, (laughs) outside of Rocket League, it is very rare that I will play anything more than once. I'm trying so hard to hold it together. Okay. The one exception that really jumps out for me is a game called The Third Birthday, which came out on the PSP. Third quote-unquote Parasite Eve game, although really, if you come at it with that perspective, you won't enjoy it. But I loved that game. Actually, I really, really enjoyed it, and I played it through, to date, I think, seven times. But it's only, I think my first run took about ten hours, but every subsequent one was between five and seven. Other than that, I'm pretty much a one-and-done guy. Um... I've kind of, like, gone through this sort of, like, wave um, with, like, crests and valleys and stuff. When I was a kid, literally all I would do is replay games. And Hmm. by replay games specifically, I mean I would replay the first, like, the first world of all of the platformers I owned, basically. And I just wouldn't, like, diversify outside of that. Once I started, like, really getting into, like, buying and having a backlog of games and whatever, then I would pretty much just be one and done with it. But Mm -hmm. I'm finding recently, since I'm just losing so much time to work in school anyways, I really have to be picky about how I use my time gaming. And Mm. I'm finding that instead of, like, picking up three games at once and just hoping that I'll enjoy one of them, I'm finding that I'd much rather replay a lot of classic games that I really enjoyed, because I know that I like them, and I know that I'm going to get something out of them instead of having to go out on a limb. Hmm, like a better the devil you know type scenario. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Okay. I mean, that's why I'm playing 
Ace Attorney again, basically, is because I just loved those games so much, and I got a lot out of them that I can guarantee that I'll get something out of them again. Hmm. But thinking about that specifically, isn't that game a little bit dependent on you not knowing the intricacies of the case? I mean, I don't know how it how long it's been since you last played it. So, yeah, it has been long enough that I don't remember, like, the specific evidence that you have to submit for, like, each cross-examination and stuff. Mm-hmm. As far as the mysteries go, a lot of them are actually kind of told to you right from the beginning. Like, some cases uh, some cases are whodunits, but a lot of the cases are also how catch instead. Uh, the difference yeah. between, uh, for those of you... For those listeners who don't know, a whodunit is when you don't know who did the crime, so you have to solve it, seeing how the clues link to the person. Uh, how catch them is when you know exactly who did it, and then it just becomes a case of trying to figure out how they did it and pinning the evidence on them. So, mm. in that case, when you know who did it from the get-go, then it just becomes a case of remembering and following along the twists and turns that take you there. If I had played the games within like the past couple of years, then I probably wouldn't enjoy them as much as I do now. But it's been a long enough time that I've forgotten enough that it's refreshing. Yeah. That seems fair. I think you'd probably have that problem with the Danganronpa games especially, because with a lot of those, you sort of twig in quite early as to who did it. Especially later on in the games when there are less and less people from whom to pick the culprit. And a lot of it becomes, what evidence do I need to show how they did it? Yeah. Have either of you pl- replayed the Danganronpa games, or did you only do, like, one playthrough? I replayed them. Okay. How do they hold up in replays, Toast? Um, it was mostly for... I wanted to platinum them. Okay. Um, but I played the different translation... Um. I played a different translation the second time, so it was more disappointing, not because... Well, I was reliving the story again, but they had changed so much so poorly that mm-hmm. I didn't quite care for it as the second time around. Because I, I played the fan-translated one first, and then I played the official translation, and the official translation was worse. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm just imagining, like... I can't picture, especially the final cases of each game, I can't really picture those holding up very well, because all of those cases are they, so... They don't. They're so dependent on their twists. Oh, mm. not with that, but I played the English uh, dub second, and I was, oh, that is so disappointing. <laughs> I, I hate the English dub of Dome, but if I hate anything more than that, I, I despise it. Especially Monokuma's voice. It's it's just really terrible. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean... That's because I'm... just... No. Hey. Behave. We've, we've already covered this ground. Yeah. The I'm... fists have flown. I'm clearly the bad guy. The dice have been cast. The oop, oop, oop is just so perfect, though. The oop, oop, oop. Like the... <laughs> oop, 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 oop. It's so good in the Japanese version. It's not that bad in the English version. No. I stand by that. It's not no. that bad. I just, I love the, like, <laughs> It's just so perfect. Okay. Anyway, uh, Toast, are you, oh, do you replay um, or are you one and done? 
I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. I replay almost constantly. Um, okay. I take forever to finish a game, and then as soon as I forget what was going on in the game, I replay it. <laughs> so, um, I'm not as bad as my sister, though. Uh, like, my sister, she she's still trying to get through the Harry Potter series, and then every year she restarts it from the <laughs> beginning, because she hasn't made it through. Jesus. Yeah. But um, everything I'm playing, like, right now is pretty much a replay. But hmm. uh, there's just certain games you want to replay over and over, and then there's certain games where you forget what's going on, and you just feel like it would be you would be better using your time if you just restarted mm-hmm. because you have no idea what's going on anymore. I swear, when I was putting the cast together, that I did not intend for us to fall so far on the spectrum of every <laughs> answer we give. It's good like that. I mean, you have like the evil person, obviously. And then you have the, <laughs> hey, um, don't talk about curse like that. <laughs> he would be he would be true neutral. <laughs> Rick, you're chaotic evil. Yeah. I am very much that. But I'm also the spark that brings this show to life. Keep keep telling yourself that. Well <laughs> I'll tell both of you as well. I'll tell everyone. I'll tell everyone who wants to know. So, are, are we done with this question? Yeah, I think so. All right, who wants to dive next? Oh, dear me. Go on, ladies first. I chose Jawulos. Jawulos? Jawul? Jawuls. Jawulos. Jawulos. His question, which was uh, what games on each platform do you consider having the best stories? But we're not going to do each platform because obviously we would be here forever. <laughs> that would be terrible. So we're going to do it a little differently. I think you said decades. Yeah, that was what I suggested. Okie dokie. Do I have to go first? Please You're the one anything? who picked it. Um, crap. <laughs> um, the 80s. Okay. I'm probably oh. going to be name-dropping some visual novels because those were really the only things going around with good story at the time. So it'd be Eve Burst Error, uh, some of the Alisoft titles, uh, which if you're a normie, don't play. Um, the, uh, th- those are just like kind of the main few. Like Yuna is, is really good, and I think that that's about it for 80s. 90s is oh. probably... Stop that! <laughs> uh, crap, I don't, like, the... I don't even remember what was going on in the 90s, like, visual, like video game-wise. Oh, um, there were a couple key titles that came out in the 90s that were really good. Like, Canon came out in 1999. Um, uh, you also shoot. got all your Super Nintendo games during that time. Yeah, what promise were you... Hey, that was timing, man. I, I, like I made it on my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was trying to think because, you know, Super Nintendo games, I a lot of them were really fun, but some of them don't have stories that hold up. Mm-hmm. Like A Link to the Past was really fun when I was like playing it, but going back, it's not the strongest story. Well, none of the Zelda games are really that strong storytelling-wise, except for like Wind Waker and probably like Majora's Mask. Um, I'll just, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt curve. Um, <laughs> but 
Chrono Trigger still holds up, I guess. And Xenogears. Uh, Xenosaga was 2000, so no. Oh, that's all I'm going to mention because... And then, obviously, like, Wind Waker... Oh, this is confusing. Somebody else take it from me. <laughs> you still I... got two decades to go. Uh, <laughs> Wind Waker... I'm going to mention Shibi Robo. Hey! I think that, that has a really good story. Ugh. Uh, Paper Mario, A Thousand Year Door. Ugh. And then you get, it gets confusing because you start getting some really good computer games in there. And it starts, like, probably G Sanjano Mao. Muv Love is in there somewhere. It's so confusing because there's visual novels to account for, too. So, Movelove's getting a re-release soon. It's coming out on Vita. Yes, yeah, it is. Uh, I backed it for the... Because Movelove's my... I think my favourite visual novel. Not the original, but Movelove alternative. Really, really good. I think they're both coming out on separate chips. But uh, Well, there would be three free, three different games. Um, <laughs> alternative would be coming out later. And then they would have Muv Love Extra and Muv Love uh, the other one. <laughs> Muv Love the other one. Great That's subtitle. an inspirational subtitle. Yeah. That one's usually like pretty. It's pretty bad. The uh, infamous badminton scene is oh. Hmm. Oh, I can't quite remember. <laughs> There's some really good games that came out this decade and the last decade. All right. Take it from me. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, I didn't put anything for the 80s because... You were not alive. Well, I was not alive. I've played games from the 80s, but I just don't really feel like I can give any of them like a top billing for story. Because I'd probably be giving Mega Man 2 <laughs> the award and, for best story. Well, yeah, all of my 80s ones were visual. Yeah, and... I mean, what I kind of noticed is that, I mean, I haven't played a lot of visual novels, so I'm pretty sure those have been pretty consistent in, like, story quality, because, I mean, they're 100% story. Um, Actually steadily getting worse. Really? Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Interesting to hear. But what I found looking through my lists is that as time went on, the, like, quote-unquote traditional games we're just getting better and better story-wise. Yeah, so like, you are in fact right. So when, I mean, I don't have anything listed for 80s because I didn't want to give Mega Man 2 a story award. Um, but, like, I'm looking at 90s. All I have there is Parasite Eve and Earthbound. Oh, oh I forgot Earthbound! Yeah. We even got five copies of it. <laughs> Why do you own so many copies of games? I, I made a pact that whenever Earthbound came out on a new system, I would get it because I wanted to. It's one of those development things where it's really, really controversial whether they're not going to release it. So if it comes out on a system, I'm damn well going to buy it because I want to support it because they're really stingy about releasing Mother 3. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, I want this game and I'm going to spend my money to make you do something about it because I want Mother 3. I. It, and it seems ridiculous to me that they know that fans want it and aren't doing anything about it. So I've got five copies of Earthbound, and I'm going to stand by it. 
No, I, I think that's legit. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I want to dispute Parasite Eve's story though. That is a pile of dog. No. Oh, the midichlorians did it. Meh. Did you just say midichlorians? <laughs> oh, Star what Wars. Mitochondria. What? Midichlorians. Parasite Eve is more of a series uh, in my head, and the series, like, okay, I'll give it to you that mitochondria was kind of a buzzword in Absolutely. the game, but like the actual characters and the actual plot of it holds together really well, and just like the concept and the tone of it is amazing. And I mean, they followed it up with Parasite Eve two and like Third Birthday and stuff, but they also released novels. Um, to kind of supplement the games, and those. Well, it was are... also based on a novel, wasn't it? They sort of ripped. Yeah, the actually, I think that is right. I think it was a novel first, and then a game, uh, and then I think they just kind of continued making novels after the game. But I, I stand by that one hundred percent. As for wow. Earthbound, Earthbound is just one of those things where, as a writer, it influenced me so much. Hmm. Just my humor. Yeah, my sense of humor, um, even just, like, the way that I write dialogue, like, I keep thinking back to that moment where Everdread gets, like, basically shanked in the road or something, and, uh, you, like, find him, and he's dying, and he recites this haiku, and then he runs off, and you never see him again. And it's so, like, it's hilarious, but it's also weirdly poignant, because he's giving his death haiku. It's... I, I just love Earthbound. Everything about it. It's such an experience, and it just... It's like... Ugh. It just gets the weirdness of life just so well. Yeah. Yeah, you're really falling into this weird thing. It's it's like you're in this free fall the entire time you're playing this game, and you never know if you're gonna land. Uh, and... Maybe you never do. But anyway, uh, moving on to the 2000s. So I have more games listed here because stories were, of course, continuing to get better. So for here, what I have listed is Killer7, Metal Gear Solid 2, Chulip. Uh, I have 999 listed here, which we will talk about next episode. And, And Super Paper Mario. Those were my games from the 2000s that I highlighted. Thousand Year Door? I haven't played Thousand Year Door, actually. Oh, okay. So I think I... you'll probably, in the future, replace Thousand Year Door uh, after you've... You'll probably like it better than Super Paper Mario. I might. Uh, it's Super... not a guarantee. Yeah, I might just put them like, side by side on there, because Super Paper Mario meant a lot to me when I played it. Um, but anyway, moving on to the uh, 2010s. My list here is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, I was looking through my list of completions, and it was just crazy to me how story-based, but also gameplay-based, like, they've really blended well in this past decade. So here I have Ghost Trick, uh, Ace yes. Attorney, <clears throat> Ace Attorney Investigations 2, Miles Edgeworth, uh, which, of course, I've only played through a fan translation, but it was amazing. I have both Near and Near Automata, I have Catherine, To the Moon. Uh, I have The Walking Dead Telltale Series Season 1. I have Kentucky Route Zero. I put both Danganronpa 2 and 3, Undertale, and The Stanley Parable. Oh, crap. I hadn't thought of The Stanley Parable. 
Yeah, you you might have influenced a few more. I would add the Bioshock series, mm-hmm. especially Infinite. Um, Catherine's a weird one. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm, mm. Catherine is amazing. Don't you disparage um, it. I love the characters. I'm not sure about the story. The story is great. I don't know. Really confusing and nonsensical. All I could think, I don't know. I was too hung up by how horrible of a person Catherine is. <laughs> Which Catherine. one? What? Which Catherine one? with a K or Catherine with a C? Uh, I think C. Blonde C or brunette? C for really bad word. Uh, br- uh, blonde. There, yeah. There is, of course, a reason for her. I know, but I just <laughs> couldn't get past it, and I was just like, she is just so awful. <laughs> Fair enough. I also, I've got her true ending, don't judge me. <laughs> I didn't put it on here, but I'd probably also retroactively add uh, Deadly Premonition. I stand by that, that game story. Really, that is such a beautiful mess. It is, and that's why I love it so much. Because, I don't know... I I love well-told stories, but as much as I love well-told stories, I also love sloppily told stories that have that much heart. Yeah, I guess so. That's because it I almost creates about... a new paradigm. I guess that's how I feel about Undertale, honestly. Mm-hmm. I see that. Because this, it's far from perfect, and its fan- fandom is even <laughs> less, far, or, like, more far from perfect. But it just it has a lot of heart. Hmm. Alright, Ricky. I'm, I'm shocked that Ricky's neither of you mentioned The Last of Us. I have a pact with my friend. I will not play that game until he gets out of his tiny, self-centered hole and plays Dunganronpa. If he can play <laughs> Dunganronpa, then I will play that game. But until he does, I refuse. Well, I feel like you're cutting off your nose despite your face, but that's up to you. I like The Last of Us. I like The Last of Us a lot, but I don't... Mm, I don't know. I I just don't remember it much. Hmm. It, it, It didn't make a huge impression on me, I guess. I think I got a series of vignettes from it more than I did a story proper. But I think more than anything else I've played, it really builds two characters and their connection. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really worthwhile for that. I'm not sure I can necessarily categorize by decade, so I'm just maybe going to throw a few names out there and see. I think what's that's what we should it. have done. Because <laughs> that's so confusing for me because, ugh. Yeah, I, I could try and think by decade, but it just wouldn't happen. So. Uh, Ghost Trick, obviously you guys mentioned Hotline Miami, I thought had a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's just me, I don't know. Deadbolt actually has a really interesting story. Go play Deadbolt, please. <laughs> uh, Portal, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, um, have you played Portal 2 yet? It's on my list, I haven't even bought it yet, but it I do need It's better to. than Portal. Yes, it is better. Ooh, now that excites me, because Portal was a 10 out of 10 for me. Then Portal 2 is going to be 11 out of 10. <laughs> Woo! Uh, the last story. What else? Let's skim through. The Zero Escape series, I think... I That maybe comes with a caveat. I think the more games came out in that series, the gameplay improved in tandem with the story just taking a nosedive. 
So I think 999 has the best story. Virtue's Last Reward still has a great story. Zero Time Dilemma was just a hot mess. I I appreciate what they've tried to do with it, but I don't think story-wise it worked. The gameplay was great, though. Mm-hmm. The Infinity uh, series is better. Yeah, what, you sorry? were talking about that. Um, it's weird, but for that guy, the earlier you go back to where he started writing, the actually the better his stuff is. <laughs> Which huh. is really weird. So Infinity Series is like a... His, he started off his career writing visual novels. And it's oh, I think about it, actually, yeah. Um, sort of the same premise, except um, it's a group of people trapped in an underwater amusement park. Hmm. Uh, and it is, it's pretty good. And it's about, like, time travel. So it's so much more interesting. Does, and it, that's include, just... does it include any of the room escape stuff, or is it just straight visual novel? It's got choices, but it's not point and click. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it would be a branching visual novel with a lot of ending. Okay. And I think you you can like choose what decisions to make, but you don't get to point and click like with because it was a PC game, so it wasn't like 3D or DS controls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bit before it came out early 2000, so it was like not quite. There weren't touch screens on computers. I mean, you have a mouse, though. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't like... They didn't do that with visual novels back then. They didn't do, like, hidden <laughs> objects. Things getting way too complicated. Touche. I mean, is that one of the ones where you sort of have to find a fan translation and patch it through? Yeah, I could give it to you if you wanted. Hey, I'm always open. Um, so, what else... Aviary Attorney, I played. I thought that was quite nice. Story-wise. Oh, Say I that have. Again, please. Aviary um, Attorney. <laughs> that's the one. Attorney. It probably should be attorney, actually. But a- attorney isn't really a word that we use over here. Attorney. <laughs> wow. I have had that sitting in my Steam library for months, and I've been meaning to get around to it. Do it. It's not very long. It's really, really. It's really like, what? <laughs> well written. Ah, there we go. Sorry, did I cut out? Just a little. You're good. Yeah, so that game has got a really good sense of humour, and it really has a sense of place as well. So it's set in sort of 18th century France, and a lot of the jokes play on the setting and some of the norms of the time and also the concept of these anthropomorphic birds and other animals just sort of inhabiting that reality. So that really works well. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. That's a good one. Yeah, I I definitely didn't find it as profound as some people did, but I did enjoy it story-wise. Um, maybe throw a couple others out. Um... Oh, Muramasa. I loved the story in that. The Demon Blade. <laughs> Especially, the main game story is good, but the DLC that came out for the Vita version, the Gamroku Legends storyline, they are really lovely little sort of two or three hour vignettes in and around that universe. And they're arguably actually better than the main game in that sense. And maybe if we Throw one last one out. If I can find one last one in my completions. The Wolf Among Us. That's got to be... Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. The last one. I mean, that... I got that game on a whim. 
enjoyed it and its characters so much that I ended up buying and reading the entire series that it's based on. So oh, wow. <laughs> I think that that's a testament to the writers and to the world that they created. It is a really unique world. Mm. And it it's really nice seeing those, maybe not innocent, but quite one-dimensional characters thrown into this mature... Um, violent conflict with all the twists and turns that come with it and seeing those characters react have to you the position read, um, the comic uh, it's from or have you read the comic it's it's from uh yeah that's what i was saying i played the game oh, and then ended okay. up buying and reading all of the comic okay i see so, I, I enjoyed them a lot more than i did the game which was even greater a surprise yeah, i was gonna say i'm i the game was lessened by my knowledge of fables Fable. Yeah, that's fair, actually. I agree with that. I had read Fable. Look, my stepfather is a huge comic book fan, so I already had the comics at his house. So I had already read them, and I was hyped up for the game, and then the game let me. They're uh, making a season two. They're making another. I did hear about that, yeah. I'm so hyped. <laughs> but I, I definitely agree. I think you enjoy it more playing it in chronological rather than release order in that sense but yeah that's yeah. that's me and then actually I think you guys have all answered that question haven't you so I think it comes to me now and my question is from Son of a Pitch who <laughs> asked what is the longest time it's taken you to complete a game from start to finish alright let's, let's lightning round this one because we're getting close to that two hour mark right okay nice and quick so for me that's Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey for Nintendo DS which is a really long, really annoying, in some ways, but also fantastic dungeon crawler. I started it when I was... Christ, I would have been 17 when I started that. Um, so that would have been in 2013, I think. And I finally finished it in July of last year. So that's one that I sort of played... A couple of worlds of got annoyed with left, came back to left, came back to left. And I think I was stuck for about a year on the final boss. And then I finally found a strategy for cheesing it. And I sort of did that. So, yeah. Solid. Um, I guess I'm not exactly sure on this one, but I feel pretty sure about it. So... This is going to be Dynasty Warriors 2. Um, I got this game my senior year of high school, which was 2012. I started playing this game in 2012. Um, mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's Dynasty Warriors. You just play a battle, and you can't really play much more than that because you're wiped out after one battle. So you can really only play, like, one level at a time over the course of, like, weeks and months and years. I didn't finish it until February 20th, 2017. So that was a five-year game. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's mad. What about you, Toast? Mine's going to be a bit cheesy. Um, so mine would actually be Wind Waker, and I started the game when I was six, and I saved the ending until I graduated high school. Oh my gosh. 
I, I deliberately saved it, and it, oh, sorry. It was, it, it was good. Why did you wait? I didn't want it to end. Oh, that is so <laughs> precious. Gosh. See, so, I don't have the willpower for that. So that was 12 years as compared to my five. And my, what, three-ish? Yeah, you got us all beat there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, well, good stuff. Uh, that is all we have for this episode. Uh, I like how we like deliberately cut it down to three segments to make it shorter, and we're still and hitting two hours. I blame the Pope for that. <laughs> Let's all blame the Pope for that. <laughs> well, that's the title of this episode. Let's all blame the Pope. <laughs> I've been struggling with these titles, so I'm glad to have it this time. There you go. Or um, it's nipple-tastic. Take your pick. <laughs> I'll just call it uh, Let's Blame the Pope It's Nippletastic Oh my god How blasphemous That may well we be get? bordering on the blasphemy That's, that's heresy right there um, So yeah, next episode We will be doing our usual thing um, But we will Also be discussing the current Game of the month for April Which is 999 9 hours, 9 persons 9 doors and that should be a very interesting conversation. So mm. I hope you all will tune in for that one. And to have a beautiful evening or morning or noon time. Catch you later. <laughs>